You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church messages. Hey, welcome. So glad you guys are here. In case you don't know who I am, I am Pastor Jeremy Lyon. I'm our infrastructure pastor here at Thorn Creek Church. And I have this wonderful opportunity with sharing this message with you today. And so I'm glad to be here. Let's jump right on in and uh, pray. And then we'll get to this message. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, untie my tongue. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for this time. Would you just come and meet with us? Would you come and be here? I know you're already here. Your Holy Spirit has been here during our worship, but God, would you just make this a a special time that you would speak to our hearts? God, we have this message about controlling our runaway thoughts, and God, we need you here. God, would would you help us to focus in? Would you help us to not let our minds wander during this time? And God, would you just kind of set me aside, God, and just speak through me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and have your way through me. God, we love you, we worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen, amen. So I forgot to set my display time out. All right. Hey, so we're in this, I thought I would talk about, we're talking about these runaway thoughts, right? And so I've shared a story with you about a time that I had runaway thoughts. About eight years ago, I was learning about video stuff and uh, editing and visual effects and all that kind of stuff. And I was watching this guy on YouTube, following his channel, learning a lot from him. And he was a filmmaker, is a filmmaker. And he uh, made this short film called Tell. And it's his interpretation of the Telltale Heart poem poem by Edgar Allan Poe. And so if you don't know that, it's kind of a scary, kind of spooky thing. You know, there's a murder, and then this guy kind of just keeps hearing this heart from underneath the floor, and that's the poem. And so he had his, his version of it, and he did this release of it on YouTube, and he did it really late at night. And so I was really excited, and I'm like, I'm going to watch this. And Patty's like, I'm not. I'm going to bed. The kids were in bed. She turns like a good, good homeowner. She turns off all the lights and everything, and I'm down there in the living room by myself with the lights really low and I'm watching this movie, right? This short film and the lights are down low and I'm watching and it's spooky, right? And it's got jump scenes like boom, right? Gets you like that. And I love these kind of films. I don't like like horror and gore, but I love like psychological thrillers and those jump scenes, right? And so I'm sitting there and the movie gets done. It's, it's only like 30, 40 minutes. If you want to watch it, go to YouTube, watch it during the day. That's what I'm going to recommend to you. Watch it during the day. Cause I got done and I turn it off and the house is really quiet and there's no lights on. And I keep looking out the window cause there might be someone who wants to jump out. And so I realize I need to go to bed, but to get through the rest of the house, it's dark. So I flip on a switch and I kind of get through the the kitchen and flip those lights on and I'm kind of looking around every corner as quickly as I can and make sure nothing's going to jump out at me. And then I, I flip another light and I get into the next room and I realize I have to get through this room, but the light switch is on the other side. So I have to run really quick and then flip on the light switch to make sure nothing's there, right? And then I realize I need to go upstairs and it's really dark upstairs. So just I just book it upstairs and I'm flipping on light switches as much as I can. And finally, like it is bright in the house, right? Like nothing is hiding because I will see it. And I get into the room and I wake up Patty. She's already asleep and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm freaked out. I'm scared. I watch this thing and people are going to jump out and I don't know what's going on, right? And so then I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. And I kind of go in the bathroom and I'm kind of getting ready and I realize behind me is the shower curtain. 
and it's closed. Lights are on, but it's in there, right? I have to do one of those things. Like, what is going on? And so finally, I'm, I'm done with all of that. And Patty reminds me, the house is lit up. You need to turn off all the lights. So then I have to go, like, back downstairs and, like, work my way backwards to turn off a light and then turn off a light and turn off a light and turn off a light and finally get myself back into the bedroom and turn off a light, right, and turn off a light. And finally, I'm there. And I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I got to turn off like the last light and then jump into bed really quick with Patty. And then I sat there and talked with her like 10 minutes so she could calm me down. So needless to say, my mind <laughs> was running away like crazy, right? After seeing this thing. And um, I just think it's so interesting how our minds work like that, right? Our minds can, can go to these places and they can really just drive how we, how we act, what we think about. And, uh, and it's just powerful. You know, we can think of something, a thought can come into our mind and we can think it over and over and over and over again. And then we start to believe it, even though we kind of know it's not true. I know nothing was in that house was going to jump out at me, right? But I still believed it. I believed it even though it wasn't true. Other times we have these thoughts that they get stuck in our head, right? We may have this stock, uh, thought that just gets stuck and it keeps coming back every moment or it's lurking and looming around the corners, right? That it just keeps popping up ex unexpectedly. And we have these thoughts that can lead us to these places of fear, of worry, hatred, discouragement, lust, envy, jealousy. All of our thoughts can lead us down these, all these different paths. They can even lead us to this place where we're driven by our emotions instead of the truth of who God is. There's all kinds of things that our minds can run away with, right? Kids. If you're a parent, you understand, like, I never realized how much I could worry until I had a kid. I never realized, like, the weird things that I would worry about until I had a kid. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but, you know, my mind would just kind of race off, like, what if this happens, or what if that happens, or what if he doesn't look twice, and then he jumps out in the street, and the car's going to come, and so maybe he can't go out and play anymore. That's how, this is what we're going to do, right? Can't go out and play because the cars are coming, right? You know, like, your mind can just go there. Jobs, you can worry about your job. You can worry about the economy. What's going to happen? Is it going to get better? We have a pandemic going on, in case you didn't know. Our worries and our thoughts are racing because of this. Will I get sick? Will someone else get sick? Will my family be okay? All of these thoughts go so quickly through our minds and it just becomes these storms in our life, if you will. These, these times where we have to work through this and if we're not careful, our minds and our thoughts can just go crazy. We have this danger of allowing thoughts to run away to just go to places that, that really aren't even true. I don't know about you, so I, one of the things I do is I process a lot, like even conversations that I need to have with people, right? I kind of make up these conversations in my head. I'm gonna say this, and then they're probably gonna say this, and then I'll say this, and then if they say that, well then I'm gonna say this, and I can't believe they said that. And by the time of the end of it, I'm worked up, I'm excited, and they didn't say anything, they weren't there, right? And I see them and I'm like, I can't believe you said that. You know, like that's not true. That's not what happens. But like you can get yourself worked up into those moments where you're just believing something that didn't happen, right? And the problem is, the problem is that if we don't have a way to deal with our runaway thoughts, we can be robbed of what God wants for us. And that's peace. God is a God of peace, and he wants us to have peace in our life. He does not want us to roam around with fear and worry and burdens all the time. 
In fact, kind of our core scripture for today, Isaiah 26, three, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. God will keep you in perfect peace. The Hebrew term for that is shalom. You've probably heard that. People say shalom. It's like peace be with you. It's this, this immense peace, this welfare, this safety, this soundness of just being okay. It's quiet. It's wonderful. It's peace. The NIV says it like this, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The NLT said, those whose thoughts are fixed on you, but in NIV it says, those whose minds are steadfast. That word steadfast in the Hebrew is samach, and it means like to lean on or to rest. So it means those whose minds lean on God, who rest on God, who are fixed on God, those are the ones who will find perfect peace. When our mind is on God, we won't have to have fear. We won't have to have worry. To get a better picture of this, I thought I'd look at a time to when the disciples were going through a storm. You know, we're all going through storms. I think uh, right now, as a, as, a, as a world, we're going through a major storm and we have all kinds of things happening. I love that we can learn from the disciples because, you know, oftentimes when we look in the Bible, we see, you know, Peter's epistles and Paul's and John's and we see these very mature Christians, these, these guys who, who their faith is really strong. But when we look in the gospel, we see them like ordinary people, right? They had just started walking with Jesus. They weren't perfect, and so we get to, to kind of really relate with them and we get to learn from their mistakes. So we're gonna read from Mark 4. We're gonna read the story of when they were in a storm. Starts in verse 35 and says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. I, uh, as I read this and I thought about God's desire to have peace for us and our thoughts that can just run away, I, I kind of found four things that I want to share with you. Now, most messages, I don't know if you know this, most messages have three points, but I'm working really hard this week and I got you four, okay? That's a pastor joke, so it's okay. Uh, four things to control runaway thoughts, okay? Number one, take your thoughts captive, Let's jump back to the story and see, see our example. In verse 37, it says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? See, what we see here from the disciples in this account is how quickly their thoughts ran away. 
They got caught up in what was going on. Now, you have to understand, these are experienced fishermen. They were used to being on this sea and going through storms. So if a storm is coming and they're scared, right, it's, it's probably a serious storm. I recognize that. Water was coming into the boat, it even says. But see, their minds went to a completely different place. They see Jesus and they shout at them. They said, don't you even care? I mean, this is the guy who's been teaching them. They, they see him as a rabbi and, and that, that he's, he's good and, and they're like, Jesus isn't even taking this seriously. He's sleeping and the waves are coming in and he doesn't know what's going on. I've, have you ever been there where you're just like, God, do you see what's happening in my life? Where are you? That's where these guys were at. And they let their minds run to this place thinking that God really didn't care, that Jesus didn't care. It's very easy to let your thoughts run away when you have to wait for God. When you're waiting on God, it's easy to go, gosh, he's not, he's, he's not listening. He's not here. Why? Maybe it's because I did this, or maybe it's because they did this, or maybe because we just let our mind roam very quickly. See, we have to remember that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55 says it like this, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, God's ways are higher. They're better than our ways. His, his thoughts, his thought processes are beyond anything we can imagine. I want you to hear this. God is not worried by your circumstances because he's in control. You hear that? God's not worried by your circumstances because he's in control. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. When our mind runs off, we have to recognize that God thinks so much better. He sees a much bigger picture than we do. We can get caught in that immediate moment, like what's going on right now, and this is all my world is, but God sees this. God sees everything. He's not worried by your circumstances. Now, don't hear me saying he doesn't care about your circumstances. That's not what I'm saying. He's just not worried by them. He wasn't surprised that they happened. He loves you. He's with you. He will deliver you. He will strengthen you and encourage you. But we have to recognize that his ways are better. If you're a parent, you might kind of get this, right? Sometimes it's better to let our child work through a struggle than to swoop in and clean it all up for them. Right, we could. There are times where we could come in and just take care of business and boom, everything's done and everything's fine and they don't have to go through any trouble. But we know as parents, they need to grow. We know as parents that they need to work through those things to become stronger, and God knows the same thing for us. So we have to remember when those circumstances are happening, when we are in that storm and our mind wants to race, we have to recognize that God's thoughts are better than our thoughts. We have to take captive our thoughts. So how do we do that? What does that, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do we combat it? In 2 Corinthians, it says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 
We have to take our thoughts captive. We have to recognize when our mind starts going to these places, when it starts thinking, oh, well, God must not care. He's asleep in the back of the boat. He doesn't care if we drown. We have to take them captive. John Ortberg wrote a book called uh, God is Closer Than You Think, and he talks about this this struggle that we have with our mind, this fact that, that every thought that we have that comes into our brain either has a positive spiritual charge or a negative spiritual charge. Every thought we have either takes us closer to Christ or further away from Christ. And we have to recognize that these thoughts happen that they're going to come to us, that there's gonna be times when it, it, it pulls us away. There's a thought that wants to take us away from God and we have to take that captive. We have to be aware of those thoughts. And we have to know that that, that doesn't need to cause us worry. God is not worried by our circumstance. I love this quote <laughs> that John had in his book. He says, nowhere in the Bible does it say, and then God worried. So I can be quite confident that thoughts that move me toward a paralyzed anxiety are not from God. If your thought is bringing you to confusion or fear or worry or doubt, it's not from God. That's not who God is. God is not a God of fear and worry and confusion. He's a God of peace and love and compassion. So we have these thoughts that have these positive and negative charges. We need to be aware of them and take captive those ones that are negative. I also love in his book, John said, God is never more than a single thought away. God is never more than a single thought away. Just because you have the negative doesn't mean you can't have a positive. You can take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and you can have that positive thought and draw closer to him. You have to identify the thought, whether it's taking you closer or farther from Christ, and if it's taking you away, you need to deal with it. Romans 8, 6 says it like this, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See, don't embrace the mind that's led by your sinful nature, this this natural self of us to, to fear and to worry and not trusting God's grace and his mercy and his sovereignty, it leads to death. It doesn't accomplish anything, it paralyzes. Vance Havner said it like this, worry like a rocking chair will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. You'll still be in that same spot. Take your thoughts captive, identify them, and make them obedient to Christ. That's what Paul told us in 2 Corinthians. So so how do we make them obedient? Obedient, what do we do? That's point number two, focus on the truth. Let's jump back to the disciples in the storm, Mark 4, verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And if we jump to verse 41, it says the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. 
See, the disciples didn't even really know the truth of who Jesus is. They had seen him do miracles. He was a a good person. He had wise teaching. In fact, he taught with authority. He was a really good rabbi. In fact, you could say he was a prophet. But they didn't really know or really see him for who he is. See, the disciples were focused on the storm, not on Jesus. When we don't take our thoughts captive, we focus on the storm and not Jesus. Instead of asking, why are you sleeping, Lord? They just shouted and jumped to this idea that he didn't care. He didn't care about their lives. And there are two truths that they missed in that boat. The first one is that Jesus is the son of God. They didn't focus on that truth. John 1.14 tells us the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus is the son of God. The truth is that God sent his only son to this planet to live the life that we couldn't live. The truth is we are all sinners and we are fallen short of the righteous standard of God. The truth is that we deserve death and separation from God. The truth is that Romans says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The truth is, he who never sinned became sin on a cross. He bore the wrath that we deserved and cleansed us from all of our unrighteousness with his blood. The truth is that he loves you more than you can ever really know. The truth is that he wants to spend every day with you so that you can know that he really loves you. That's the truth. You gotta focus on the truth. In the storm, things may be happening, but what's really important is that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. That if you put your faith in him, you will live with him forever. It goes beyond this world and beyond these circumstances and beyond these storms. Give every aspect of your life to him and rest in his truth. If you want to control runaway thoughts, you need to take them captive and you need to focus on the truth. And the truth is that Jesus is the son of God. He is God. He is our Lord and our Savior. The other truth that they missed was that Jesus was in the boat. He was with them. They aren't alone in that boat. The creator of stars and planets was sitting there in that boat. God is with you. God is for you. He will ride out the storm with you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to to think, is God going to get me through this? Is it possible for him to do it? Is this too big for him? You don't have to worry because Jesus is there with you. You don't have to let your thoughts run away to those dangerous places and worry and fear and envy and hate because Jesus is with you. You got to focus on the truth. But how do we do that? It's all well and good to say that, but what do we do every day to focus on the truth? So first you give your life to Christ and you follow him and you allow him to transform you. 
Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't follow what this world does, but be transformed by God into a new person, and he will change the way you think. Well, how do you be transformed? You, you read your Bible. Be transformed by his word. Be in this every single day. I know it can sound very cliche. It's like, oh, what's the answer? The answer is Jesus. Read your Bible. I know, but it's true. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you spend quality time in the word of God every single day, you will be a changed person. You will not be the same. You will not think the same. When we spend time in God's word daily, we have this intimate relationship with him, this communion, this time with God where we don't just learn about him. We don't just have the ability to write this book report about here's who God is, but we get to know him. He exposes his character to us. He tells us what's on his heart. We truly know him and he knows us. We can make our thoughts obedient to Christ by knowing Christ and we know Christ by spending time in his word. When you know the word of God, you can easily dismiss those negative charged thoughts, right? You can focus on the truth of who God is and what he says about you. That thought that comes in that says, you know what, you're just gonna keep making mistakes and it's never gonna get any better. You go, no, I'm a child of God. I'm being transformed daily by his word. You know, you're not really worth anything. You're just a big mess up. No, I'm worth something. I'm worth the life of Jesus on the cross. That's how we make them captive and obedient to Christ. We focus on the truth. You know, the reality is you should know this way better than you know any quote from your favorite movie or TV show. And I'm speaking to myself because <laughs> I love The Office. But if you're willing to spend two or three hours binging episodes every night, then, then why is it only five minutes or a single verse, the verse of the day, it came on my phone and there I read my Bible, I'm really good, I'm all done. Psalm 141 says this, but my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep your eyes on Jesus and think eternally. There's more truth in here about where you will be than, than what the world tells you. You know, in the, in the light of the circumstances that we're going through right now, right? Pandemic, there's social unrest, there's all kinds of things. Where, how is that gonna affect you in five years? How's that gonna make your life different? How is going through this gonna be different for you? Where, where are you gonna be in 20 years? How's that, how's that gonna, then when you think about the pandemic in 20 years, where's that gonna be? What about 10,000 years from now? What are you gonna be doing in 10,000 years? And what kind of effect will this storm in this life, on this little tiny planet, gonna, what, what difference does it make? Think eternally. Know that you have a greater destiny than just what's happening today here on this planet. 
Colossians 3 says it like this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. If you want to control your runaway thoughts, you have to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. And you do that through focusing on truth. The truth is that we are citizens of heaven. We're only passing through here. There's something greater that that one day we will sit face to face with our Savior. And in that moment, these storms are not gonna make any difference. The debt that you had, the financial troubles, your job, the economy, all of that stuff is not going to matter. Focus on the truth. Think of the things of heaven. Philippians 4.8 says it so wonderfully. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Make that your default. I shared this verse with the, with the worship team today as we were getting ready to practice and do all of our stuff, and I just thought, how awesome would it be? I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm gonna admit, I'm not there, but I would love it if my default was that. My default thinking, when I'm not in the middle of a task or work or things that I've gotta do, but when I'm just bored and I've, just got, I've got time to think, and my thoughts would just go to things that were admirable and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if that was your default thinking? We'd have a lot less runaway thoughts that lead us to, that lead us to fear and worry and pain and, and hatred and, and envy. So take your, cap, your thoughts captive. Make them obedient by focusing on the truth. And then next, number three, talk about it with God. Pray. It's all about prayer. We need to share this with God and talk to him about it. Let's look in Mark 4 at the disciples. Jesus was sleeping on the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Now, the disciples woke Jesus up with shouting. I'm not exactly saying that that's what you need to do, but maybe you do. Maybe in your prayer life, there's that frustration and you recognize and you've been waiting for God to move and you, you have this thing going on and you are struggling and you're like, God, I need you, where are you? But prayer is so important. When our minds are racing through all of these possibilities of what could be and the what ifs and what if that happens and how's this gonna work and what am I gonna do over here? We need to stop and we need to pray. In that moment, Not just like think about it later, oh, I'll pray about this, but right then when those thoughts are happening, pray. Pray quick prayers. I'm not talking about eloquent, elaborate prayers, just like, God, I need you. I kind of think of them as like flare gun prayers, right? Like SOS, hello, I need you. Shoot it up to God so he knows that you need help. These are the prayers that we say from the trenches. We're in the, we're in the midst of it and our mind is just going and we just, the only thing we, God, please help me. Psalm 118 says it like this, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. Oof. Did you hear that? In my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 
Are you that bold? Is your faith in God such that you say, you know what, who, what can anything else happen to me? God is with me. God hears us, that's his promise. He promises to hear us and he wants to hear from us every single day. When we have these thoughts that race off, when, when we're concerned about, about our kids, about our family, about getting sick, don't just hold it all together and, and, and let it just fester, but give it to God. And he wants to answer you. He will answer you. Psalm 55 says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Pastor Reuben talked about this last week. He said, cast your cares. It's like taking it and literally like throwing it away. Cast your cares on the Lord. Give them to him. And there's a beautiful thing about this. It, it's like, you know what, God, this is your problem. Right? And there's this huge freedom that comes. He goes, well, you know what? I don't, I don't have to deal with this now. This is for him to deal with. I, I can't deal with it anyways. It's already, it's, it, it's a burden to me. I can't get through it, but I'm gonna cast it on the Lord. Hear this, God is capable of carrying what you cannot. He's got really wide shoulders and he's super strong. That's who my God is. He can carry your burdens and my burdens and my fears and your worries and everything like that. He can do it. We just have to give it to him. And we can't give it to him unless we pray and we talk to him. He will sustain you. He will hold you up. Psalm 34, four says it like this. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Whew. When you give your worries and your fears to God, they are his to deal with. They're his to deal with. You no longer claim that you have control because guess what? You don't have control. You never did, right? Jesus said, who, who of you can add one hour of, of life to your life just by worrying? We don't have control like that. God does, so give it to him. Lift up your problems in prayer. And this leads up to our fourth point. Trust in God. So we take those thoughts captive. We recognize them. We, we identify them when they're happening. We take them captive and we're gonna make them obedient to Christ by focusing on the truth of who Jesus is, who he is in our life, who God is, is how much he loves us and how much he is with us. And then we're gonna talk about it with God. We're gonna bring it to him. We're gonna say, God, this is happening. I need you to, to be here and do this. And then we have to trust in God. It's about our faith. Look at the disciples, Mark 4:40. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Ouch. See, they forgot. Jesus was in the boat. Jesus is in your boat. In your storm, he is there with you. Trust in him. See, they didn't trust in who Jesus is. They feared because they didn't know the truth of who he is. Their faith was weak. Elizabeth Elliot says it like this, worry is the antithesis of trust. You simply cannot do both. They are mutually exclusive. You can't trust in God and worry about what's happening. You can't trust in God and be full of fear about what's happening. 
See, we can't just take our thoughts captive to Jesus. We have to believe and trust that he will take them and relieve us from them. We can't just kind of focus on the truth by reading the Bible flippantly and say, oh, there, I read it. See, that's good. But no, we have to believe and trust in what it says. We can't just pray and talk to God like, hey, God, did you see that? But no, we have to believe and trust that he will hear us and that he will answer in his perfect timing. Psalm 56.3 says this, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. See, when I was afraid, I just flipped on the lights. That's all I did, right? I was scared and I got to turn on the lights to get through my house. But this says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, God. I put my trust in you. Putting our trust in Jesus, it's a choice. Every single day, it's a choice. It's a muscle that we flex. It's a step of faith that we take. And it's the greatest step that you can take every single day to choose to trust Jesus in the midst of your storms. As you trust God, each time it gets, it gets a little bit easier. You get a little bit stronger. It's like working out. That muscle, that faith muscle becomes stronger and you can do it. And you recognize the things that you kind of struggled through before, you no longer struggle through because you know who God is. You've seen him move and you've seen him deliver. Remember, God wants to keep you in perfect peace. That was the verse we started with, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you wanna control your runaway thoughts, take them captive, focus on the truth, talk to God about it and trust him because God wants to give you peace. That's what he wants. He wants peace for you, just like a good father. God is not a God of confusion or a God of worry or a God of fear or pain or torment. He is the God of peace. Colossians 3 says it like this, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Second Thessalonians says it like this. And as I, as I prepared this this week and, and I thought about this, this is, this is my prayer over you. This is my prayer over you because God wants to give you peace. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and for your grace. I thank you for your peace. Even in the midst of everything that's going on around us, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our families, whether it's our kids going back to school, whatever it is, God, relationships with others, we have our storms, God, and you know every single one of them, and you are there in the boat with us, and I'm so thankful. Thank you, God. And I just pray your peace over everyone here in this room, everyone watching, God, I pray your peace over them. 
And maybe you've never, maybe you've never experienced that peace. And, and maybe right now you just, you need to first start with asking Jesus into your life, putting your faith and trust in him. Then just say this prayer, Jesus, I know you're Lord and Savior. And I know that, that I'm a sinner and I just need your forgiveness, God. Would you forgive me right now? Would you be Lord of my life? I give you everything. I give you everything. God, would you give me peace? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. God, I also want to pray for our offering time and our just those who are giving to Thorn Creek Church. God, those who are worshiping you with everything they have, including their finances, God. And I pray that you would be with them and that you would continue to provide for them, God. Would you continue to provide for for us here as well? We love you. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.